This is the Syndicate Logistics Podcast. You're listening to Power Up Mondays with Will and Tim. Keeping it between the lines and moving it down the road starts right now. Hey guys, Will Lewis-Meyer here, back with another episode of Power Up Podcast. Joined as always by the lovely, the bodacious, my main man, sidekick, Robin Batman, some call him the Timinator, some call him Timbo Slice, I call him a dear friend, and his name is Tim Hutchinson. Timbo, how are we? Awesome, big dog. How you doing, man? Doing very well. Right on. Coming from the flagship at Evergrove Heights, also joined by, coming back, he missed last week if you remember, the producer. He did. He did. Chester Day, middle name on a chest, Chase Johnson. Chassie, how we doing, bud? Doing pretty good. <laughs> so everyone out there in listener land, uh, Chase went to the dentist this morning. He uh, So he's a little numbed up in the mouth, and he's trying to not talk much. He also decided it would be a good idea to put in um, some whitening retainers right before the podcast. Right, right. Cool. So Chase, uh, say hello to, the, to, our, to our listeners. How you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, right yeah, on. yeah. All right, so we're back here, uh, Power Podcast, episode 29. We're getting close to 30, Tim. Yes, we are. I can't believe it. We're gonna I know. Going. This is crazy. It's it's like uh, like a bulldozer. You can't stop it, man. Just you keep can. going. Let's get momentum. I and like honestly, it. when we get to 50, I'll be pretty excited. We'll do something, something special. You bet we will. Hey, and by the way, when we get to 50, we'll do something special. If you have any ideas, contact us. Shoot us off an email. It's either will at shipwithsyndicate.com or tim at shipwithsyndicate.com. Whoever comes up with, the, with the craziest idea, we're going to do it. I love that. That's love it. That. All right. So, so for that, man. So anyway. So like you guys know, or if you're new to it, um, what we do is we you know, we try to talk on topics that have impact on the industry. Um, you know, whether you're a driver, owner, operator, um, someone working um, at a brokerage, you're a, a shipper, a receiver, anyone that really has... It doesn't actually don't have to be inside the industry itself, but we talk about a lot of topics that are on the transportation industry. But our whole point is to try to talk on things that could have some impact, all right? Um, so, and we also, between Tim and I, we, we rotate um, who's coming up with the topic, and then, you know, we just, it's not discussed beforehand. Right. It's all candid answers. I have um, no idea what we're going to talk about today because it's He has it's not a week, clue. So None of hit him with something. A curveball. He's going to su- surprise me over here. I like surprises, and really what happens is that that way we can't prepare uh, any responses beforehand. Not, you know, go on Google and, you know, you know regurgitate whatever they say on there because, I mean, really, because you, you can read that stuff for yourself. Yeah, we want candid answers here. So, right. 100%. Without further ado, I got a little drum roll going. This hit, week's topic for uh, hit me, episode, brother, hit me. Episode twenty nine of the Power Up Podcast is I want to talk freight markets. Okay, freight markets is the topic. Freight now, markets. All right. Yep. Fantastic. Let's do that. So hopefully, you know, we have some some drivers, owner operators, or small carriers out there listening. We're gonna talk markets. Um, I'll talk about the difference between different markets. You know, some of the terminology that goes along with it. Also touch on maybe some strategies, you know, that I've employed in my past. You can talk to yourself, Tim, and, you know, just hopefully help guys maybe position better and ultimately make a little bit more money at the end of the year. You bet. So, you bet. Um, you know, for markets, and I, I don't want to sound, I'm not going to, not trying to dumb it down too much, but I'm going to take it down just because let's start from the bottom. You know, all markets, all freight markets, any type of market, whether it's a stock market or a freight market is driven by supply and demand, right? Absolutely. How much supply there is. 
and how much demand there is, okay? So for us, our supply is gonna be number of trucks. How many trucks are out in the market, right? In a certain area at a certain given time. And the demand is gonna be how much freight is there in that market, right? right. The demand to move. So obviously, you know, if you have more trucks than you have freight, um, you know, the, the demand isn't gonna be very high there because there's a high supply of trucks. You know, right. and that's gonna, we'll talk about what effects that has on rates, but um, everything's driven by supply and demand, just the simple economics of it. You know, I think sometimes you'll see, or you'll hear <laughs> um, carriers or broke or carriers or, or, or dispatchers, you know, talking to a broker or talking to a customer, and there's this idea of why is the rate different than it was last week? It's like, well, I mean, you're dealing in a transactional space and it's just supply and demand driven, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're, you know, they're accountable to their bottom line just like we are to ours, right? There's different times during the year where you're winning, sometimes when you're losing. You know, we'll also talk about maybe the mix between having, or the mix between having some dedicated freight versus transactional freight. So, let's get right into it. Um, uh, Tim, what do you, how much do you know about freight markets and, and stuff like that? You know, I know enough to make a buck. To make a buck like that. <laughs> I, know, I know enough to make a buck, let, let me tell you. And I, I, I know enough that, that uh, you know, really as, in terms of being a driver, uh, I wasn't, I, I was an owner operator. I had, I had four rigs at one time and I, I watched the market like a hawk. You know, because I mean, I wanted my guys out running myself, out running when the when the rates were up higher, and when they were, mm -hmm. and, and when the rates dropped down a little bit, we had to pick our loads very carefully. We're still going to run. We're still going to you know get the freight going. You know, but we still have to make make money. The profit margin gets a little bit leaner. And, and I tell you what, there there were some months when I just looked at that and went, damn, I could have been a company driver. I mean, guaranteed, you know, forty cents a mile, forty two, forty five, whatever it works out to be. Yeah. It's like I, you know, and, and let the company take the risk. But like with anything else. You know, the the more risk you take, the more potential yep. for profit. Not guaranteed, but more potential there is for a profit there. Yeah, that's kind of one of the challenges with being a an operator or you know owning a company is yeah you you take on that risk of you know if the market goes down, guess what? Right. You still got to pay your drivers the same wage. Exactly. You know, so on the, on the other flip side of that coin is if you decide you want to be a company driver. Yeah, it is more fixed, less volatility, but when right. upswings come, you have less, you know, less likely to be 100%. able to take advantage of it. So, 100%. you know, with with markets, I always like to look at them in two different ways. Uh, and this is some terminology that you, you maybe would hear if you were sitting in a dispatch office or at a brokerage or anything like that. Is you hear the word surplus and you hear the word uh, deficit. So surplus market, deficit market. The other two terms you usually hear is it the market's loose or the market's tight. Um, so the surplus market, that's going to be a, a, a surplus market would be a market that has more loads than it does trucks. That's where you want to be. If you're a trucking right. company, right. you want to be in a surplus market, baby. You know, and there's a lot of markets around the country that are traditionally surplus. Like Minneapolis here, Minnesota is traditionally surplus, meaning mm -hmm. rates are pretty are usually pretty good out of here. Um, you know, I, 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 that yeah, surplus. There's a lot of freight here. There's not as many trucks, so rates are good. I mean, like we said, supply and demand. On the deficit side of things, there's more trucks than there is loads, right? So those are the areas where you see you drive by a truck stop and the truck stop's just packed, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you got guys all who, waiting. Got guys who are either waiting or just choosing not to move. Um, that's usually a pretty good uh, sign that you're in a, a deficit market. And there's also some traditional deficit markets, like Denver, Colorado. Traditionally, pretty deficit, right? Freight, there's not a lot of freight, a lot of trucks. Rates are usually pretty down, so you know that would be a deficit market. Florida where I like to say trucks, 
Florida's where trucks go to die. That's a deficit market. That's where they go to die. That you know, interesting enough, down in Florida, traditionally what I've done is I have found a load out of Florida, taking me to the next, you know, Georgia and to the Carolinas, whatever. Yep. Drop and go. Okay, now I'm going to get into a load that that really pays. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was one of the strategies I was going to bring up. Yeah, if you find yourself in a deficit market. <clears throat> Guys, one of the pieces of advice I can give you is, is don't sit. That market's not changing, right? right? If it's paying a dollar today, it's paying a dollar a mile tomorrow, right? right. The, the, some guys will get this idea that if I wait, I will get a better rate. Right. You know what? That might happen. That might happen if you wait there for a few days. But ultimately, there's oper- there's costs involved with you sitting, right? right? While you're sitting, you incur costs. Your truck your truck payment doesn't suddenly stop the day you try to sit, right? It's still, you still have a, a, a nominal expense that day for your truck or for your insurance. So the idea of sitting isn't that you're just, you're, it's just a zero, it's no, you're, you're losing that day, right. right? And the idea that you're gonna sit for a better rate, if you sit for a couple days, well now the rate has to get up a certain amount above what it was before to cover those costs you lost those two right. days. So, exactly. I mean, a buck, you could have took a, a dollar a mile today but you said you waited two days, and now you got to get a buck twenty-five just to, just to be at the same level you would have been two days prior at a buck. So, right. I always right. tell guys move. But to your point, Tim, I think the strategy of reposition out of a bad market on a short load. Right. Right. If I'm in Florida, I don't want to take ninety cents a mile from Florida to Minnesota. That ninety cents across that many miles is a dagger. Let me take that shitty rate for 90 cents, 80 cents, whatever it is, up, up to Georgia, like you said, on a short amount of miles, 400 miles maybe, right? I'll take that little hit, reposition into a market that's better suited for me, more that's more surplus market for me, and then take a good, a, a good rate out of there. That's really a good strategy. I mean, I, you could call that a try haul if you would. Um, right. You know, obviously head haul, back haul, would be a traditional type running where you, you leave one place, go somewhere, and then come right back to that the place you left from. But sometimes tri hauls are the way, man. If you can, if I know about, if I know a head haul from Minneapolis to let's just say Dallas is two bucks a mile, and my back haul out of a deficit market, which Dallas traditionally is, except for kind of the summer months, let's say it's a buck a mile back to Minneapolis. So I'm averaging a dollar fifty a mile, right? Head haul, back haul. Mm-hmm. If it makes sense to go head haul Minneapolis to Dallas for that two bucks, but then take a short leg into let's say Little Rock, right, where you get another two bucks a mile because it's maybe that maybe that lane is calling for good money, or maybe it's a shit rate. It's deficit out of Dallas, still a dollar a mile into Little Rock, okay. Mm-hmm. But from Little Rock back to Minneapolis, you can get two bucks a mile again. Right. Right now, your average rate per mile on that turn is 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 much higher than a buck fifty that you would have had on the head haul back haul. So tri hauls can definitely be a way to earn yourself more money, get yourself more top end revenue, also more rate per mile. Um, so you know it's it's good for guys to make sure you're being flexible and looking out there at the markets. Don't just because how you've always done things isn't how you always should do them. Um, there might be a way you could be squeezing out an extra quarter, thirty cents a mile on, on your on your revenue. So uh, the the tri haul is definitely a good a good strategy. And also like Tim said. Um, you know, taking those short hauls out of shit markets is, is way better than taking long haul. So Timbo, you're a <clears throat> genius. No, 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 no. I just some of your some of your geniuses has just uh, come out, you rolled <laughs> off onto me. That's all, man. I tell you what, quick story. Yeah. Newer driver, 
Yeah. He would pull, interesting you should mention Texas, he used to pull a lot of loads down to Texas. He'd go down there and, and he'd sit there and wait for the rates to go up. He'd literally sit in a truck stop. One time he waited for nine days, nine days to get a load back. I'm thinking, this is crazy, dude. He's like, I'm not moving less for, I don't remember, this some years ago. He goes, I, back in the uh, uh, early 2000s, like, I'm not moving for less than you, whatever the, whatever rate was at that time. He'd sit there for nine days, nine days, and, and, and looking at the load board every day. And finally, he grabbed a load going back home. He ended up uh, lasting, he owner-operator, yeah. lasted about six months in the business, yeah. damn near bankrupt. He was on his final, he decided that he was done the business because there was no money here. <laughs> While at the same time, I'm out, I'm out making bank. I just I just bought a house and uh, you know, my wife and I had, had another child and put money aside for college and doing all this stuff. I'm, I'm doing well, Yeah. right? So right, he just didn't get it. Anyway, so he decided he was done with the business, gonna t- take the truck home, uh, sell it. He's on his way home, kind of a windstorm going on, ends up tipping the truck. No he shit. Get, yeah, he grabs his, grabs his gear out of this truck <laughs> Get the taxi cab, goes to the airport, flies home because he knew the truck was to- totally was done. Wow! You know, and, and and he was going home empty. Besides, I'm like, why would you go home empty? Right. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. you know, so 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 again, here really knowledge is key in this business. I mean, if you're an owner operator, you know, or or, or you're someone who's running a company like ours, yep. uh, and you don't understand any of this, hey man, uh, hit us up and let, let's chat about this. Yeah, that's a good you point. Know, or or else, you know, get involved. I mean, there, I I know plenty of owner operators out there who don't belong to any type of owner operator independent mm-hmm. associations. You know, who do put on classes, who mm-hmm. do have resources available. Uh, the idea here is that you know you you know, for you know. Forewarned is forearmed. I mean, you really have yes. the knowledge that you need to be successful in your business. Mm-hmm. Never stop learning, especially about these markets. Never stop learning. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you couldn't be more right, Tim. And I think with owner operators, it's really important to yeah to know your numbers, right? Know your numbers. Right. You might think that it's it's silly, but it really is important because. When you know your numbers, you can make business decisions based off of, of those numbers. And mm-hmm. you know, we talk about guys sitting or guys saying, I don't move my truck for less than this rate. It's like, well, is that really the best business decision for you? It all matters. I always tell guys, they'll, and I'll, I'll overhear sometimes uh, owner ops talking, that run on revenue, um, they're talking to our dispatchers, and it's like, well, that low is only paying a dollar a mile. It's like, well, you got $3 going in. It's the average what you want to know. Right. What is my average rate per mile during any given time period, whether it's a week, whether it's a month. I usually measure, we measure a lot by month. Um, what was my average rate per mile? That's number one, what you need to know. And then you need to know what's my average cost per mile, right? If you take rate per mile minus your cost per mile, that's your margin, that's your take home money, that's right. your profit. So you need to know what that truck is costing you to run every single mile, your cost per mile. And here's the thing. Cost per mile is directly affected by how many miles you do. It's economies of scale, right? right? If I have a lot of fixed costs for a thousand bucks, and I ran a thousand miles that month, my cost per mile is a buck, right? But if I have fixed costs that are a thousand, and I ran two thousand miles that month, they're fifty cents, right? So that's why sitting sometimes is not a good play because ultimately it affects your cost per mile. So. You know, you need to know what that top end number is, your rate per mile, what the average of it is, and make sure you know you set your your thresholds where you, at the end of a week, you need to see, okay, yeah, I ran a couple of shitty paying loads, but I also had a bunch of big rippers, and I came out actually at a buck seventy-five or two bucks a, a mile, right? right? My rate per mile was right. two bucks a mile average. 
assess your thresholds, right? If you know your threshold is is X, you know, let's just say a buck seventy five, and you're coming in at two. Well, hey, you did well that week. If you've come in under a buck seventy five, maybe you need to re re-examine your strategies, who you booked with, where you went, etc. But set your thresholds and know those numbers. Same thing on the cost per mile. Make sure you know here are my fixed costs every month, no matter what. That means I need to run X amount of miles to make sure I'm covering those and also giving myself enough room to create the margin between what my rate per mile is. Run, guys. Don't sit. Truck sitting is a, is a dying truck. Yep. Reposition. I'm not yep. saying take a shitload of 2,000 miles. I'm saying reposition yourself out of a deficit market on a two, three, 400 mile load, right. reposition into a better market. Um, and that'll help you, A, keep your rate per mile up, and also B, help get you the miles you need to make sure you're driving down your cost per mile. So, yeah, um, exactly. I mean, again, the whole the whole thing behind uh, truck sitting, you go, you're making zero zero cents per mile at that point in time, but your fixed costs every month are still there. They're still accumulating. They're still growing. I would rather go out and make ten cents a mile versus zero cents a mile. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I mean, if, if overall I can net ten cents a mile, and that's what the market bears. Okay, fine. That then be that as it may. Yeah. You know, but when the and you wait for the market turn around, and when it does, you know, you can't be like, oh, I'm tired. I'm gonna stay home. No, you get off your ass and you go run. Yeah. <laughs> and you run hard. That's what you do. You go. That's when you really go run hard, man. Yeah. You know. And I, in, in my years, it's all, for me, it's always been there's California that that pays well if you ever reaper. There's the East Coast. Who wants to go to the East Coast? Boo. boo. Sorry, boo. Don't like the East Coast at all. Been there enough times that I don't want to go back unless I'm on vacation. Uh, uh, the wife the wife wants me to take her to New York. I'm going, really? <laughs> really? Okay. Anyway, it really seems to be the Midwest. I mean, you, yeah. you, you get you get this narrow alley and, and, and really in between in between the ups and the downs, average it all out, it just seems to be, you know, that this there's a center of of the 48 states that seem to do pretty well. Yeah, the you cost, know. You know, cost of running those lanes is, is, is much more affordable, obviously, from a toll standpoint. Right. You know, fuel is generally pretty cheap in those lanes, and um, you know, you're, you're not really climbing huge mountains and stuff like that, so less exactly. wear and tear on the truck. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we do. We're kind of heart of the country type of a carrier. Um, you know, yeah. we used to get out east a little bit more, but now I'd probably say about Ohio, western Pennsylvania, about right. as west, or east is where we're going. Right. West, you know, we got Denver and Salt Lake, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I-35 quarter down in Texas has always been a bread and butter. Um, we'll dabble around the, the southeastern states once in a while when there's not hurricanes happening. But <laughs> exactly. yeah, part of the country is where I like to be. But you know, I, I mean, here, here's the thing. I have done some uh, disaster relief loads mm -hmm. uh, down to Florida. And, and what a lot of drivers may not know or realize is that when you were doing disaster relief, you you put a, a, a large sticker on the side of your trailer that says, you know, American Red Cross, you know, uh, FEMA, d d d FEMA or, or something that says, dis you know, disaster relief on it. Oh. You do not have to log your hours and you do not have to stop at way stations. Just get it done. You just go, 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 go. I've, I've done that like 18 hours a day for like two weeks. Uh, I think I mentioned this before. I got yeah. home after two weeks. I got home and I face planted in my bed. <laughs> I was so exhausted. But, you know, but I mean, besides the enormous amount of cash that I made for, for those two weeks, I was an owner operator, mm -hmm. enormous amount of cash that I made, even more than that was the fact that you know, I made a difference. I helped people out. You yeah, know? absolutely. Now, it, it, as drivers know, drivers know that, you know, we talk to other drivers and, and, and I mean, you know, if you're getting your, all, all your all your rate information from other drivers, chances are they're they're 
sort of uh, inflating everything. Yeah, uh, I had a driver tell point. me, oh, hey, man, I'm pulling Reaper out of California, which, by the way, can pay very well. Yeah. Okay, but you have to you have to take with a grain of salt because you're like going, dude, I'm doing nine grand a week, <laughs> you know. But and, and, and so you dig a little more, you get the information, and it, and it turns out that yeah, he's doing nine grand for the week he runs, but he's literally spending other weeks sitting in the farmer's field with the reaper running waiting yeah. for them to pick strawberries or cherries or whatever the hell they they're they're, they're, they're picking out there <laughs> so i mean overall uh we're he's making slightly more than other people are but then again he's pulling a reaper he has all his expenses and all the downtime and all the everything else and yeah. i go you know what that's okay i'll stay with my 53 foot drive man thank you mm -hmm. run the miles out there you may make slightly more but hey guess what i'm not sitting in a farmer's field for like a week at a time no yeah. thank you man so i get into that all day so so yeah amen to that brother so i here, here again you know be educated well you know learn this industry learn the market if you don't know where to start join in, join uh, an owner operators association there's plenty of them all there's some big ones small ones hey find out yeah. do hey who doesn't have a smartphone that can access google type in owner operator independent association yeah okay and go from there and this and become a member join up start taking a class and start talking to people start getting educated about this stuff guys yeah like i said too yeah. you know if, if shit i mean you can always if, if you have questions around it i mean i got a couple couple really easy spreadsheets to utilize and just plug some numbers in and there we go. it kind of kicks it out to you so definitely <clears throat> feel free to reach out to me sure you know will w-i-l-l at ship with syndicate.com and I'd have, I have. I like helping. That's the, that's the whole point of all this. Is I to, love the generosity of this guy, by <laughs> this man right here. By the way, I, I really do. He's, he's fantastic. No, I definitely want to help. You know, it's it's it's. This isn't about syndicate logistics. It's about the overall health and um, right. you know success of the industry. So, I, I would be more than welcome to have you come come into our office here. You can sit down. We can talk things out. Whiteboard a little bit, and you know, really find <laughs> where your sweet spot is. You know, to make sure you're making money. So that, boom! That's on the look table. at that. Look yeah. at that. That's. That folks right there is, is worth a lot. I, I can't even put a, a, a price on that. That's invaluable. Just for somebody to be, be sitting here and just be willing to go, hey, you, no matter who you are, no matter who, who you work for, come on come in. Because it's all part of the brotherhood yes. of trucking, because that's what it's all about. It is. Redefining the brotherhood. So, Amen to that. Um, I guess the only last strategy I was going to talk about, or just last thought in, involved with this type of um of a topic is, you know, really people ask sometimes, you know, what's the mix, what's the proper mix you should have between, uh, you know, dedicated or contract type customers and transactional type customers, right? Dedicated mm -hmm. being, I got a 12 month rate that's fixed, right? I signed a contract, I run for this Ooh, rate for topic. this amount of time. And then transactional is more, okay, um, I'm, I'm just, my truck's available, I'm going to negotiate rate with you know, whoever has freight to move, right? So that's transactional. What's the right mix between the two? Because you, you don't want to be 100% either way, right? You don't want to be 100% dedicated. Every rate I have is is contract. Because what happens is there's 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 an opportunity opportunity loss there where if you get into a tight market or the market shifts, you can take advantage of some rates and push them up a bit, right? So you want to have a, a mix. And now it's my, I'm of the, of the opinion that you should have definitely the majority of your freight should be dedicated. Okay. You should have contract rates because ultimately you're building a relationship with a customer. That's right. more sustainable, it's long term. You come up for rate renewals every year. Obviously you can renegotiate rate then, 
but you want to be building with a client base and a customer base. So you want to get on some contracts on some dedicated freight. Like I said, on the other end, you want to make sure you're saying transactional as well. And you can be transactional with the same customer that you have contract freight with, right? Uh, say Walmart, for example. Yeah, you might have certain uh, dedicated lanes and dedicated loads you're supposed to do. But above, you know, above that though, you still have trucks to move, right? They might have some transactional loads. You know, they're much more um, willing to ne negotiate on higher rates on transactional if you're already running dedicated stuff for them. So, right. point being, I usually say, you know, the, I guess 60-40 split or 70-30 split is usually where I come in at. Um, you know, 60% dedicated to 40% transactional or 70% dedicated to 30% transactional. Um, you know, I guess it's all what your, what your appetite is for risk. Obviously, the higher percentage of dedicated you have, the less volatility you have because you're not playing market as much. But if you're more of those cowboys that wants to go negotiate and chase money, then I would, I would recommend staying on a lower percentage of dedicated, maybe 50 or 60%, and then the rest being transactional so you can go and really try to take advantage of some markets. Um, I don't know if you have any input on that, Timbo. Yeah, hey, you know, uh, I just want to throw something out to you guys, uh, from, from speaking from experience here, I'm, I'm sure some owner operators know this little trick already, but I, when I was out there, I used to, you know, I, I was mostly transactional, mm -hmm. uh, mostly. I did have some dedicated, uh, they, they weren't overly busy, but I was there to take care of them. And again, I, I agree with you that I just loved that I built up this rapport with them, mm -hmm. you know, this relationship. You know, I could go in and it felt like like I was like I was walking into a place where I belong. I'll, I'll, and they're all my buddies. No. You know what I mean? So, hey man, how the hell's it going? You know, sort of thing. You know, shake hands, high five, whatever. You know, hang out, talk about whatever. It, it, it was fantastic. And and then when you go go to them, and you say, hey, look, I need a, a rate increase. You know, let's come on. It's another year gone by. Mm -hmm. They're more than willing, yeah. usually, to say, yeah, sure, we can give you a little bump because they know who you are. You know, you've taken care of them. You provided you know, value to them. Yeah, exactly. We. I serve serve them very well. Uh, now that I'm somebody retired, I can tell you this is that I used to get long runs out of them, and they would hand me the paperwork, the BOL, and a and a seal, and I and they here's the seal. Okay, great. So I I'd, I'd go out, get in the truck, drive off without putting the seal on, and there's a reason why. Because these were partial loads, so I oh, I'd go on a go. load board, I get another load going the another partial load going the same way. That's a good load up on that, put their seal on the load. Go down there, pop that seal up. Go, hey, here's your here's yeah. your load. It's halfway down, so all the way down that 500, 600, 700 miles, whatever it was. Yeah. I was double dipping. I was getting paid double. There you go. And then I deliver I deliver the second load that I picked up because this is in the tail of the trailer. I pop the seal on from my dedicated place. Yeah. Boom, there you go. I go make the other delivery. No harm, no foul, guys. Yeah, that's a great I mean, that's a strategy I, being talked about. That's a good one just, though. It, it it you know what and and it works. And here's the thing is that. I, uh, 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 truth be told, I never told my dedicated customer. But then again, I never had a problem with their cargo either. It was always safe, it was always protected, I didn't leave it anywhere, you know. I, yeah. I And anything else I put in the trailer beyond that, I was always in the trailer when it was being offloaded. Yeah. I made sure I protected my dedicated customer's mm -hmm. goods. Yeah. It, it was all printed goods, uh, you know, it, it was always protected. So, yeah, that, that's just something that I did from the from the real world out yeah, there. So it, it makes sense, you know, to, to be working with with a, with a broker back then, I, I worked with a with a broker mm -hmm. and a, a brokerage house. But now you got smartphones and all yeah. these load boards. I mean, so many so many options out there. Absolutely. Honestly, honestly, I, I I am envious of the tools that people have yeah. nowadays. 
you know, to book their own loads, yeah. you know, to run their own business. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and honestly, if you know what you're doing, there's no reason why you can't go out there as an owner operator and be just uber successful. Yeah, the, the, the environment so right now. There's so much out there, it's crazy. The free market and the transportation environment right now for a single owner operator to make, it's, yeah, if you're not making money, you know, there's probably something fundamentally flawed with how you have your setup going. Like I said, reach out to us. Right. I'd love to take a peek, help you out because you should be making money right now in this market with the, with the pricing environments. Right. Um, you know, so yeah, I agree. And that's a good caveat though on the partials piece. Um, my only uh, piece of advice to anyone who's going to maybe try to get into, you know, if you have extra space and you want to add some partial freight, you know, start start small, right? Start with maybe adding one partial. You know, I don't. I hate to see a guy pick up 13 extra stops and they're out of order, and now right. it's just a nightmare. No. You know, pick up one. Make sure you're 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 having it on the trailer correctly, right? You want to make sure your first delivery is on the tail. So if you gotta, if you're if you're gonna do you know two pickups and two stops, you know make sure that that final delivery, that second stop, is in the nose, right? So you gotta pick that one up first. Right. Um, you know, and just you gotta just be you know strategic with that. A lot of docks are not gonna want to touch anyone else's freight, right? Mm -hmm. So make sure you pick it up in the proper order for your deliveries. You know, make sure your times are set up so you can make on time delivery. But yeah, like I said, start small. It's a really good way though. If you get good yeah. at it and you can optimize, it's a really good way to make good money because you're basically you are already going those miles anyways. You bet. Right. Let's just add extra revenue. So that's a good one, Timbo. Good good call. Um, that's all I got for today, Timbo. You got anything else? Yeah, man. Hey, I just want to remind guys out there that, that again, you know, this uh, for me, it's really about education. And when I started off in this business, I will admit that I didn't know what I was talking about, what I was doing. I knew, I knew how to drive a truck and I knew little more than that. And what and I didn't have the Internet either back then, by the way. This is we're talking like almost 30 years ago. Uh, there really wasn't an Internet that that wealth of knowledge available. And the way I learned was was by, uh, you know, approaching other older drivers, more senior drivers, uh, and, and being teachable. You know, yeah. there's, there's this old Chinese saying that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Ooh. You know, and so for, so for that, it's like, be teachable, be trainable, and be humble. Absolutely. Remember, you're going to them and asking them for, asking other people for advice, yep. you know? And I mean, will they always give you the right advice? No, but the vast majority of time they will. And so you take all that advice together and, and, and you throw in your own, your own brand of common sense and something's gonna come out of it that's gonna be good for you. So again, learn, 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 educate, educate, educate yourself and talk to other drivers, join other organizations okay and and really with a focus on your business because this is a very profitable business i mean even in in leaner times you can still make money off this absolutely you know the uh, i look at this and i say the people who are the drivers who, who are order operators or leased operators and, and they're going bankrupt or, or, or they're running in a, a, a negative yeah. all the time with their with their finances it's because it's, they're not properly managing it yeah in most cases it's literally because they're just not managing this business well absolutely. and again you know, don't be this island, this lonely little island here where you're going to pick it all up by yourself. You don't have to. You have resources. You know, one of them right here is Will, who just who just threw it out there and just says, hey, guys, if you need help, come talk to me. Even if you're in another company, hey, it's about the brotherhood. Absolutely. Come on, give us a shout. You know, give someone a shout. Talk to somebody. It's a great business, a lot of money. I agree. I agree. And like I said, you can always, you know, get, my, get Tim at, uh, you can email Tim. He's at T -I, uh, Tim, T-I-M. 
at shiplessyndicate.com, and I'm Will, W-I-L-L, at shiplessyndicate.com. Love to be a resource. Check us out on our website, uh, www.shipwithsyndicate.com. Check us out on social with Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. Um, Timbo, number 29, in the books. Yes, sir. Love it. Uh, always end it with three key words, guys. Yep. Just, Just win, baby. baby. This is the Syndicate Logistics Podcast. You're listening to Power Up Mondays with Will and Tim. Keeping it between the lines and moving it down the road starts right now.